And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, captains courageous, princes of the universe, and the ladies who lunch, it's open line Friday. And this is where you get to talk about things, stuff and things. <laughs> I think I finally found our Open Line Friday music. What do you think? I don't know. Does that work? Does that work for everybody? All right. Let's pull this down. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me, and I am happy to be here with all of you. This is uh, what we're doing here for all of December, Open Line Friday every Friday, which means you get to call in here in a minute and join the program and share your thoughts we are broadcasting live to facebook odyssey and youtube and uh that means you can jump in the chat if you're not here with us live that's okay too you can still leave a comment you can always send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com and uh, i do read every email i do read every comment even the ones from the porn bots Pornbots need love too, right? I guess. <coughs> uh, a little bit of a follow-up on a story that we've been following here, the collapse of FTX. New York Times has a story about various different cryptocurrency executives uh, talking in back channels over on Signal, which is an encrypted uh, chat message type of, of app. And... They're all telling Sam Friedman, Bankman Fried, saying, stop, you're doing harm. This is going to be jail time. What are you doing? And uh, so that's an interesting read. Maybe they'll make a movie out of it and Taylor Swift will direct it. <laughs> I don't, did you see this? All right, hang on. Let me... I'm getting used to having another monitor in my, in my mix here. Stand right here. All right, so this this story is breaking, and I don't know, I don't know about this one um, because, uh, well, I just don't know. Taylor Swift is going to make her feature film directorial debut with Searchlight Pictures. It is uh, nobody knows anything about what the story is. Nobody knows anything about uh, if it's going to be genre. I am hoping beyond hope that it is not going to be a science fiction or fantasy. Uh, she just had a, 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 a short film, All Too Well, that screened at the Toronto Film Festival in 35mm. I mean, she at least appreciates film, which is good. <laughs> but the, her short film was based on one of her songs. So I don't know that she's going to be doing uh, a science fiction film or a fantasy film or her film. I'm, I'm, and I'm perfectly fine with that. She wants to go make rom-coms. She wants to go make family dramas or whatever. That's fine. But <laughs> I just, you know, it's just, just not something that, that I think we ought to be dealing with here. So anyway, um, I mean, I look, more power to her. It's fine. She wants to, she wants to tackle this. She's a talented person. Um, but I just... 
I just don't know. Uh, speaking of our podcast uh, platforms, we're on a number of them, and I want to give a shout out to people who are listening to this uh, to this program: Iran, Thailand, France, Germany, Spain, UK, Canada, Australia. We have we have listeners all over the world, and uh, I appreciate all of you being here as well. <clears throat> now, I want to get I want to get started. Uh, Christopher Hoffman is going to be joining us here in a minute. He's going to kick things off. But the way Open Line Friday works, it's pretty much like every other Open Line Friday, Open Mic Friday that you'd get with any of the different talk shows. So we're going to put a link in the chat. For those of you who are new, we're going to put a link in the chat. You're going to be able to call in using the StreamYard application. And you join the program and you can spout off on various different things. Keep it clever. Keep it clean. Keep it polite. And uh, keep it relevant. We're, 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 I mean... We, we've got the DC stuff that broke this week. Yo, James Gunn coming out. We got the Twitter stuff. At, I guess is kind of in our wheelhouse. But uh, you, it's it's kind of like everything else. You know it when you see it. Because we do try to concentrate on science fiction, fantasy, horror. And Twitter is in that technology space that kind of wraps into that. But... We've got plenty of other things to talk about, so uh, let's start. Let's uh, bring Christopher Hoffman in. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, how are you doing <laughs> well, this if, fine day? If I could get rid of this cough, I would be doing much better. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. So you've you've got something. We had a trailer drop this week. Oh yes, and that uh, it is for. Well, it's actually the second trailer for the upcoming uh, killer robot doll movie, Megan. And it is, uh, it's totally off the rails, but in such such a good way. It, it's, it looks fabulous. Um, of course, with the first trailer, we got to see uh, Megan do sort of like the Fortnite dance. And that before she uh, came after one of her victims... But this trailer actually expands a little bit more and shows you um, a little bit more of the actual story of Megan and, and how she's going to integrate into this family. Um, and Megan is... Uh, I, I, I would love to see a crossover sometime uh, between Chucky and Megan. Um, because it would be just like, even if it was in comic book form, it would be just a great, huge, uh, you know, battle pairing of, of the killer dolls. Um, and yeah, this, this movie looks really, really good. Um, as far as, uh, as far as like a, a, a great popcorn B movie horror. And that, and and definitely, uh, Megan has positioned herself as, uh, uh, just from the trailers alone, as one of those, uh, like killer dolls that you you want to root for. And um, well, did they didn't they already? Isn't isn't Meg, Megan's not in the the Chucky television series? Is she? There's there's a different doll there. No, no, no. There was um, there's uh, Tiffany. In the in uh, from Bride of Chucky, um, but she actually took possession of 
the actress that she was based on in Bride of Chucky. So it's gotten kind of like triple meta here. And that, and so like Jennifer Tilly, who was the voice of Tiffany in Bride of Chucky plays the possessed Tiffany, uh, who has possessed Jennifer Tilly in the Bride of Chucky (laughs) films in the, in the new Chucky series. And, um, the daughter of Brad Dorif who was in like Curse of Chucky, which brought Chucky back to the horror film. Right. Um, like thing instead of like just the comedy, more emphasis on the comedy. She has actually been possessed by Chucky or one of Chucky's, like a fragment of Chucky's soul. Yeah. So you're so talking she, about the character, the character has been, the actress has not yeah, been. The character, yeah. Right. The character has been. All right. And uh, and so we've got like Brad Dorif, who is Chucky, and you see Chucky in the TV series. Um, but then you've got Brad Dorif's daughter, who is who uh, plays one of Chucky's victims, who has been possessed by a little bit of Chucky. And so she has to go through this thing where she's like kind of fighting the possession. Gotcha. And it's really interesting because in the Curse of Chucky, she paid, played a paraplegic. And whenever she's possessed by Chucky, she's she's able to like like walk and, and move around and, and stuff like that. And so it's a really kind of sort of darkly comedic team up because they've got Jennifer Tilly, who's playing Tiffany, that's possessed Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> teamed up with Brad Dorf's daughter, who's kind of trying to decide whether she wants to like let Chucky take over or, you know, just like fight the evil Chucky. And then you've got the teenage drama of Chucky season one with the Chucky doll. Yeah. But we've got a trailer for Megan. Yes. Which is where we started. I know. See, I, know. I derailed us right off the bat. And that, so, yeah, sorry about that. No, that was my fault. Oh, so, so Megan is another doll. Yes. Um, she was created by a robotics uh, engineer um, to be sort of like a um, kind of a, a combination cyber, but also physical assistant for people. Right. And um, she's still in the, prototype stage um but she's like the like almost ready for market stage prototype so she decides to take megan home to partner with her uh niece and and or actually to pair with her niece um it's sort of like a bluetooth connection they touch uh her the niece's the niece touches megan's palm and she's connected to Megan. Gotcha. And Megan's prime directive is to protect the niece uh, from any sort of uh, dangers or threats. And um, yeah, so and of she course, takes that a little bit too. Of course, things go awry as they do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They 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 do. And um, of course, with the 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 first uh, trailer, you get to see this like kind of Fortnite wiggly arm dance and uh that she does right before she grabs a uh a uh the blade of a paper cutter and chases someone down a hall (laughs) 
and that with the second uh with the second trailer we can see more of her menace it turns out that the that megan's megan doesn't have any articulation in her mouth and that so it's uh, so her voice is like coming like through through the mask and um because of the way that they've designed the mask sort of looks like an american girl doll a little bit right kind of mixed with a little bit of a bratz doll and um so it it just has this sort of menacing face and in the tr uh new trailer there's a homage to the uh et hiding in the closet amongst the stuffed animals and um <sighs> You can definitely tell that Megan's there. And if you look at the other stuffed animals, um, okay, I have to admit, maybe I was projecting a little bit. I was looking at the other stuffed animals uh, around Megan, and, and it looked like they didn't necessarily want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's surrounded by her. And this um, is out, what, well, Megan is out when? Um, and that, uh, January should 6th. should be out the first or second uh, week of January, I believe. Yeah, I see here January 6th. So there, there's that. that. And I'm sure we'll have we'll have a little bit of news covering this tomorrow during uh, Good Evening Multiverse. So, and oh, yes, you got... Oh, she even hijacks a Lamborghini. So, oh, that'll be fun. And you've got a, a an entry in the vault uh, tomorrow. You're you're bringing us another another title. What, what's what's on the on the books yeah, for you tomorrow? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm bringing um, the Snow Monster versus Ice Shark. <laughs> and that, I know that Tim had mentioned this last week uh, during the horror news. I was able to pick up a copy, and uh, we'll be able to. Uh, do a little bit of a, a deep dive into this. Um, there is more snow monster than ice shark, but you know, what are you going to do? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that tomorrow. Christopher Hoffman. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, we're going to, we're going to do this. Um, let's, is it <laughs> death angel shadow? Is it a sci-fi production? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could very well be. But I don't, I don't know that it is. Um, <clears throat> that would be something to look at. Now, Sci-Fi does have a new thing coming from Dean Devlin, um, which I think it's called the uh, the Ark, uh, which is a new thing from them. It's a it's a uh, generational ship, colony ship. Disaster strikes, and the survivors have to have to survive. So it's one of those things that's coming from Dean Devlin and Jonathan Glassner, I think. So we're going to have that tomorrow, too. So. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to open up the phone lines and you all can come in here and start spouting off right after this. Stand by. Broadcasting from a device built by a teenage genius using leftover parts from an erector set. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.
Hi everyone, Jason Hunt here, inviting you to join us every Saturday morning for news. The week's headlines in science fiction, fantasy, horror, comic books, video games, plus Comic-Con updates and the weather, and the occasional interview along the way. We call it Good Morning Multiverse. We hope you join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Helps to uh, helps to hit the right button there. All right, here we go. The fun lines are open. I've got them pinned in the top of the chat windows. Open line Friday is officially open for business. So if you've got something you want to talk about, you want to spout off about things, you want to uh, give a shout out, you uh, if you have something to promote, I guess we could do that too. Um, and <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, the, the, um, the comment there from, from, uh, from Snob, clean, clever, and polite, I can only have two? All right, well, you know, I'll take, I'll take two, I guess. Um, so it doesn't have to be clever. <laughs> right? All right, so, <laughs> so we're going to open it up. Now, <clears throat> yesterday we got the, the DC stuff. Um, James Gunn has been on social media basically saying all of these people out here who have all of these thoughts about what's going on at DC, all of it's bunk. There's nothing to it. Uh, there is, uh, there's no substance to any of the rumors, any of the, any of the reports, any of the articles, from all of these people who claim they have insiders telling them things, he says, nobody knows the plan for DC films other than me and Peter Safran. And he says, and apparently there's a report that said, I think it was Deadline or Variety One, that went through a lot of different things. And Gunn says, some of this is true, some of this is not true, some of this we haven't decided if it's true or not. So it doesn't sound like they've got their plan completely locked into place. But the word is they're going to be making a presentation to David Zaslav at Warner Brothers Discovery next week. So I would imagine that whatever plan they present to Zaslav will probably change further once Zaslav gets his hands on it and says, let's think about this, think about this, think about that. So, yeah, I I would expect that Gal Gadot and, and Henry Cavill are still going to be Wonder Woman and Superman, respectively. <laughs> There is a rumor that Dwayne Johnson is not happy with some of the decisions that uh, that Michael DeLuca and and Pam Abney have been making. Who knows what's going on there? Every anybody that's got and see, I would love to have some insiders. I would love to have some people saying, "Here's what there really is going on," but nobody knows. So I take everything that you see in here about everything that you see in here with a grain of salt. It just, just wait for the rest of the story, right? And Keely says, if Henry Cavill is out as Superman, Anna will make some videos about it. Anna will make some videos about Henry Cavill as Superman if he's if he is Superman, if he's not Superman. She'll make videos about it one way or the other. It doesn't matter, so. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and yeah, the... 
the idea about uh, about about Ezra Miller, I, you know, as much as much as I want to dunk on the guy, he does. Um, you know, he's sitting there saying, "I'm sorry, and we're going to do some work. Uh, we're going to get some help." So if he does, great. You know, more power to him. I wish him all the best. I don't think that he needs to be playing the Flash anymore. Past the Flash, I can understand Warner Brothers dropping it out there and and screening it, and because they've put a bunch of money into it. Um, at Death Angel Shadow, the the rumor about Jason Momoa not being Aquaman instead being cast in another role. I actually think that one might have a little substance to it because it makes sense. Jason Momoa would make a much better Lobo than he does Aquaman because that's his... I mean, he basically was playing Lobo as Aquaman. I mean, let's be, let's be real. Yeah, that's a hoot hoot hoot. That's Lobo. He's playing Lobo already. I've never thought that Jason Momoa was a good Aquaman. They just, he just completely miscast. So, you know, I just, uh, I don't, I, I would, I would be fine if Jason Momoa started playing Lobo and we got somebody else to play Arthur. That would be ideal. Who knows? There's rumor that the, the Michael Keaton project that got scrapped was apparently going to be a Batman Beyond. The thing with Patty Jenkins you know, Wonder Woman 3, she apparently submitted something. And the rumor, the reports are that she got notes back from Michael DeLuca and Pam Abney and whoever else whatever over there. And she didn't take too, too well to the notes that she got on the story and walked. She's done that before. So... You know, where there's smoke, there's fire, maybe. I don't know. I mean... Patty Jenkins is a good director. You look at Wonder Woman, it's a it's a fantastic film. The, the third act kind of gets a little shaky because of the, you know, the effects and the whatnot. <clears throat> but for the most part, it's a very solid film. And Patty Jenkins does know her stuff. And I was actually looking forward to a Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins in in the director's chair. But Wonder Woman 1984 showed us that Patty Jenkins does not have a good handle on story from the creative standpoint. She's not a she's not that good of a writer. So you want her to direct a story, you want her to direct a movie, direct a, ser- a short series, you know, limited series run or whatever. That's fine. Have somebody else write it. And you know, I just who knows what's going to happen. Right? It just, we're just going to have to wait and see. Because everybody can sit there and say, well, I know what's going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. You got Cosmic Service doing stuff, you got Cosmic Resources doing stuff, you got Midnight's Edge got some things. Everybody's got a got an in, right? Giant freaking robot and, and small screen and all these people that are reporting on all these different things. Nobody knows nothing. Nobody knows much. I would I would be perfectly fine if somebody wanted to send me a note and says, I know everything. Here it is. You know, but even then, anything from an insider, so-called, you've got to take with a grain of salt because 
how inside are they actually, right? All right, so the idea of Open Line Friday is you guys are supposed to call in. So it's the, the things pinned to the chat, the top. Anybody wants to jump in here, jump in here. I mean, I could go ahead and keep going, and we could do some other things. And I'm sure that Christopher's probably got some other things that he could talk about, too. But we could bring him back in here. We just Let's open it up and see if any of you guys want to wanna spout off, because that's kind of the idea. Death Angel. <laughs> hey. Oh, Mrs. Boss on the phone over there. Death Angel Shadow says, let me finish my Swiss rolls. We had, <coughs> we had a house guest here not too long ago who introduced me to Swiss rolls. And I got to say, those, those, things are, those things are a little tasty. I, I am rather taken with Swiss rolls at this, at this point. Um, it's, it's not my main... Dessert of choice, but it is uh, certainly in my top five. So, uh, hey, are you are you where you can hear me? She's on the phone. All right. See, this is the point where she would give me a hard time about this because before that, I didn't know anything about it, and she gave me a hard time for not knowing about what Swiss rolls are. You've never heard of Swiss. I don't know if it's a California thing, and it's slowly making its way over, but. Swiss rolls. Death Angels said he, he he's oh, got to finish. I know Mickey did, oh, but you were giving me a hard time because I never heard of him. Little Debbie's. Okay. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I used to eat those. Okay. All right. Anyway, <coughs> Keila says if you're gonna bring pizza, make sure there's no pineapple on it. Amen. Hey. No. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so maybe we'll turn the rest of the show into, into uh, a conversation about food. You want to jump in or into this thing? The other, the other thing, now, Mindy had a, had a good idea, and this is something that I want to run past all of you for future consideration, not maybe necessarily today. It doesn't have to be today, but it can. We need to set up the bingo card for 2023. And my my bingo card for 2023 is just going to be a fill in the blank where whatever happens in 2023, I'm going to sit there and go, well, of course it is. So there's that's on my bingo card for this year. I, I want to uh, I want to go ahead and just get started on that. And if you have ideas of what's going to happen in 2023, if you want to start, let's put together our, our the the sci fi for me bingo card. <coughs> that's. uh that's something that we could do, maybe. I don't know. I want to let me let me ask Christopher. Christopher, you've got you've got. Do you have thoughts about? Oh, Cam says bingo card. DC Comics collapses. Do you have a, Do you have any Do you have any suggestions I, I, for a bingo card? Hmm. As far as DC Comics collapsing, <laughs> no, 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 um, I'm not anything. really sure. Just anything. Anything. Okay. Um, Keely says apocalyptic bingo is fun. Uh, Cam yeah. says Bob Iger exits early. Okay, okay, we're gonna start getting stuff. I'm gonna rest over writing this down. Okay. All right. So, so 2023 we got, uh, bingo. Bob Iger exits early. All right. Give me a pen. Where's a pen? <clears throat> Let's see. Bob Iger out early. 
DC Comics DC collapses. Comics collapses. Now, uh, let me let me say if 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 DC's new reset because they're hitting a reset button in January. If that works, then DC Comics collapsing might be delayed a little bit. I just want to say I the some of the stuff that I've seen kind of makes me wonder if they're really hoping to to kind of reset things and do and do better so i don't know i don't know so Iger, Iger oh, okay announces... are you, are you, are you, were you speaking about like a reset of like you know like the new 52 or rebirth or you mean like corporate reset uh a little of both uh a little of both because we're getting some new titles in january we're getting some new creative team combinations mm-hmm. Um, I, I, they're Dawn, Dawn of DC or something like that is what they're calling oh, okay, the initiative. Yeah. So I'm thinking at some of this, that. some of this is probably going to be a little bit of a reset. I think maybe with some of the names that have been announced, it certainly does feel like they're, they're looking at this saying, okay, who do we have that's marketable? Who do we have mm-hmm. that's going to attract readers back into these books and try to get some attention on this? So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Kennedy... Kennedy resigns. One can hope. D and D competition grows. I don't know about that one. All right, D and D competition grows. Revamp of MCU Phase Five. Well, we already have we have word uh, uh, rumor uh, that Phase Five and Six are uh, being looked at right now as the um, as the Marvel thing starts to uh, starts to get reorganized a little bit because with Iger coming back in and now the creatives are back in charge so 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 called uh, that maybe we'll get some because yeah phase four did not deliver the goods I don't think for a lot of people so it, it looks like um, uh, some major like video game studios are cracking down on um, homegrown, uh, video game esports tournaments. So yes. I'm thinking in 2023, maybe like Nintendo or you know PlayStation or something like that will not PlayStation, but like uh, EA Sports or something will dedicate a division of their company solely to the uh, to grabbing some of that uh, esports money. Yeah. As far as like tours and stuff like that, maybe kind of um, envelop or buy out the other ones. Well, was um, it was it you that was telling me about the 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 yeah, what was that the Smash Brothers? Sm- yeah, Smash Brothers tour. And that yeah, um, Smash Smash Brothers World Tour has been around for <laughs> at, at least a decade. Um, but, uh, this year Nintendo has, uh, pulled the plug on it, said you're, you can't do this anymore. We will sue you, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then there is some kind of tea drama about, um, one of the former heads of another, uh, esports group called Panda. Uh, that had been going around uh, sort of kind of strong arming, throwing his weight around saying, hey, it'd be a shame if the video game companies um, found out about this. And um, 
yeah, so we don't know if if that guy had any part to play in, you know, but um, there's also there was also like some verbal agreements from Nintendo and the owners of Smash Brothers World Tour. Um, but apparently Smash Brothers World Tour has, I guess, gotten more popular and more uh, noticed. Yeah. In recent years. Um, and so Nintendo is like, uh, yeah, we're not getting any sort of chunk of this. We're going to shut you down. Well, and, and I'm seeing, you know, Death Angel says, uh, puts a puts a suggestion in here. Universal beats Disney for the first time ever in theme park history. Um, a, a, a note about that, Mrs. Boss ran across an article this morning. Disney has increased their prices at the theme parks once again. And it's just come out. What was it? This this week? Where was? Oh, she's still on the phone. That, the Disney article, the Disney price article. That was today. That was to, over on Fox. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's being reported that Disney is increasing their prices. I thought Bob Iger was going to fix all this. I thought Bob Iger was going to take all this Bob Chapek stuff and say, no, we're not going to do any of that stuff. I don't know. All right. So, <clears throat> all right. So we have our first victim. <clears throat> have. First caller. All right. <laughs> Death Angel hey, Jason. How are you, sir? Hey. Oh, long, long time, long time listener. First time. Oh, wait, no. It's <laughs> but you're not the first time. It's not your first time calling in. Let me, let me, let me say this here first, because you, you, before you get into your point, I'm seeing all of these, all of these items, all these suggestions, and these are pretty tame here, folks. I mean, this is stuff that's easy to predict. Kathleen Kennedy's going to react. Wild. I want. Jack Dorsey is an alien robot from from Alpha Centauri type, you know, 2023 prediction. Because this is stuff like, you know, turns out the the well, I'll give you, for example, with all of the Twitter files coming out. And now we find out that James James Baker, who used to be part of the FBI, who was general counsel over there during Crossfire or Hurricane, was vetting all of this stuff going to going to Matthew Taibbi. Well, of course it was, you know, you just of find out these really crazy things that three weeks ago was just, Oh, that's just conspiracy theory. But don't, now don't forget about somebody's daughter working for Twitter, right? You know, yeah. that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. I, was like, I want you know, just, go, go bigger, go home. Let's give me, just, just go all in. Right. Yeah. So what have you got for a serve? Well, yeah, I, no, I really, I, you know, I, Disney's pricing themselves. I think they're pushing this. Uh, you know, a family of what? Family of four can't even afford to go now anymore. It's already been something that they've had to plan for a decade to do, and now, right. you know, Universal. I think. Uh, you know, I used to work for them. I, you know, I talked about that. I worked for Universal Studios for a while, um, and uh, I was in IT. But you still. You know, they were always the best bang for your buck in Orlando anyways. Um, you know, you could go to Universal and get to see things, and there was always something new going on, and they were always, you know, pushing something else out. And I, I really think they've played this really smart so far, and I think that they've got, um, they've got the, uh, the uh, Nintendo land getting ready to open too. Yeah. So I think that I don't know if that opens next year or if it's the year after. 
don't they already have one um, open in Japan? They like, yeah, I think they Japan? just yeah, they just opened the one in Japan. I think the one here opens I want to say May, but I don't think that's I don't think that's right. Yeah, and if it's where I think it is, it's next to where the old Lockheed Martin plant was. <laughs> um, they owned a bunch of property that was right right there. They when uh, when they first started opening up in Orlando. So I don't know. I don't know. Since I don't live in Orlando anymore, I can't tell what type of infrastructure if they're building some sort of trams or what to go. You know, I mean, obviously they they linked uh, Islands of Adventure and 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 studios together with the uh, going from one Potter, the original Potter, to the you know from Diagon Alley to uh, I forget what the other name of it was, <clears throat> but the one they opened up on the studio side, you know, and they built that theme train. I don't know if they're going to build something to go from from islands there, if they're going to run buses or how they're how they're going to do it. So I I know there was no space right in the immediate surrounding land it was either homes or like the high school my wife went to is right behind universal studios um so uh but they did own a bunch of uh, several acres that were um probably a good five minutes down the road so i think that's where they built the nintendo thing so i think that'll be huge if it opens up i think um universal you know they've always played this game of Okay, Disney advances ticket prices, Universal advances ticket prices, you know, and they kept on doing that. I think Universal's playing it, playing it pretty close to the vest and uh, saying, hey, you know, they're, they don't want these, uh, they don't want the common people anymore. And I think Universal's like, hey, we'll take them, bring them on, <laughs> you know. So I, I really do, I think that they, they might, um, they might be onto something, you know, invited yeah. that. I think they might beat them. It looks like we're uh, it looks like we're we're looking at a 2025 opening in Orlando. Okay. 2025. Yeah, I, All right. I, um, I I read that um, the uh, Galaxy's Edge, uh, Disney's Galaxy's, not Edge, excuse me, the the Galactic Cruiser, uh, mm-hmm. they've cut staff mm-hmm. uh, in hours and they've cut oh, like that's, yeah, that's a slash mess. hotel rooms and stuff like that, and so it's it's. It's like an object lesson, you know. I mean, the people want experiences, yes, but they can't. The the you know middle class, you know the the families want the experiences, and that you just can't, you know, cater to all the, you know, upper middle class or the you know strive for the one percenters because it's not going to financially, you know, keep you in the red. Right. I mean, keep you in the black, excuse me. <laughs> well, it keeps them. Yeah, I think, I think they're, you know, and I think they've been subsidizing a lot of, you know, they do a lot of shifting around, you know, uh, one department builds another department, and I think they've been shifting money back and forth, and I think it's it's gonna it's catching up to them. Yeah. Uh, well, especially know. if it turns out this FTX thing is is more damaging than we initially thought, because. One, you have uh, you have Disney involved in the the Polygon crypto, which FTX was heavily invested in. So, if FTX collapses, then Polygon loses some of its solvency, and Disney is super exposed at that point. Not just you know it set aside the ethics of it, whether or not they did anything wrong, but if they invested in something that had the backing of FTX, and now that backing goes away. What value does Polygon have now, and what's Disney going to do to make up for that shortage? And you know now you've got 
you know, Christine McCarthy, who panicked at the disco and said, you know, Bob Jamie is just the, the wrong guy. And let's bring back in Bob Iger, who's now saying, and, and now we find out that Christine McCarthy is the next, you know, the, the most is, visible. Is that Cruella Is that is that who she is? Cruella right. Well, and, and, you know, <laughs> it, it really feels uh, awful coincidental that she's the one who's popping out on top of the list of prospects for the next CEO. It's just, it's just funny how all that works. Just another coincidence. Well, there's lots of coincidences, isn't right? There? <laughs> See, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about for the bingo cards. It's like the the craziest thing you could make this stuff up, and people would look at you like you had grown a second head, and it was like, no, this actually happened last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I, that I'm looking for. That bingo. That's why I'm saying my bingo card is blank because anything that happens, I'll just write it in and say, "Of course it did." <laughs> Because it's yeah, easier. I'm, I'm trying to think away. I mean, there's so many weird, crazy things going on now. I'm not sure what to guess for because <laughs> it probably would come true, you know. Well, I mean, you look at the Balenciaga thing, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that Disney Plus is getting ready to run a biography <clears throat> on... The founder of Balenciaga. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with the current mess. It's right. it's not related to that. Uh, Culture Casino did a good video on this the other day. This is an actual biographical picture on the on the fashion designer who, who started Balenciaga. It's completely unrelated to all of this new stuff that's been coming out. Right. But this new stuff that's coming out and the connections that are in all of that and you see all of these different things and well here's this piece over here and here's this piece over here and there's this that and the other and you're like this can't get any crazier and then it does mm-hmm. and it gets uglier and it, it just look like have one of those boards up there with the you know yarn <coughs> right going from yeah the... you get charlie day up there going <laughs> look at all of this yeah yeah now with balenciaga um when i first uh heard about it now I'm, now hang on before you start i'm gonna say okay. we've got to be very very careful about how we talk about this topic right yes. i don't want to spend yes. too much time on it and i also don't want to don't want to get uh and susan no. at susan coming down on us so just just right. that caveat right no here. problem um when when i first heard of, about i i knew balenciaga i i don't follow luxury brands or anything like that but the it it kind of smacked to me. Um, I haven't seen the ads. I don't want to see the ads based <laughs> on what I've heard. Um, but it it kind of smacks me as as a little bit of a publicity stunt, you know. But maybe. You know, because we've got all these other people talking about these Balenciaga, you know, Balenciaga ads, and and you've got that name, you know, back in or like on people's minds. That well, now I've heard of them. I never heard of them until this. Yeah. So So, yeah. 
you but, know, no see, PR is bad PR. I don't but know. If yeah, you're, yeah. But if your but if your word of mouth campaign leads people back to look up Ball and Moloch, I'm not sure that you're actually accomplishing what you set out to accomplish. Because just, I mean, some of this stuff is. Yeah. Okay. The. And this is kind of what I'm talking about with the bingo card, because how many years ago did we get, you know, from, from a branch of the QAnon groups talking about the the kids being uh, used for adrenochrome and the and the let's let's drink all of this to be to to keep our youth and all this. And and now here we've got this kind of thing here. That you know, it's kind of you know, it's not the exact same thing, but like, do we do we really want to go down this road? Is this really what what you want your company to be known for at the end of the day? Yeah, just you know, like, do they make children's clothing? Is that what they are? Is that their brand? No, it's a they're they're a they're they're a luxury a luxury luxury fashion accessory thing. So like, uh, um, uh. Tiny purses. I mean, I'm oh. I'm not sure exactly what they make, but the campaign, the the recent marketing campaign they've had, some of it involves children. Some of it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a particular photograph, uh, a particular ad uh, where there's a stack of books on a desk, and all of them have questionable material in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one where things are laid out in a particular pattern that resembles a pentagram. Uh, there's, there's all. Did they have sorts a crime scene one. Yeah, the crime. Kind of like a crime well, scene. and the other thing too, on that crime scene tape, Balenciaga is misspelled with two A's. So Bell is right there oh. in there, and it has people going, "Wait a minute!" And and yeah. Balenciaga translated from, I think, either Latin or Italian means bail. Bail is life, or something like that. I think this is just right. too on the nose for this to be an accident. And... Okay, am I going to have to break out my uh, Sergeant Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band album and show you where it says Paul is dead? Oh, yeah, no. I, you know, look, like this, or, is, I mean... this is not the first time something like this has happened, but it is so it is so on the nose with what everybody thinks it is. And I, if it's a troll... It's not a good one, but I don't think it's a troll because there's just too much. There's just too much externally that leads you back to kind of looking at this sideways. I don't know about that, so I don't know. I, I think it's not hitting the way that they intended. <laughs> no, I think certainly they, not. I think it intended to be shocking. I think that's what they were going for. Um, they certainly got that, but I don't think that the response that they've uh, um, gotten has been exactly what they were looking for. I think for they were looking to be, you know, oh look at that, yeah, oh ed- my gosh, edge type edgy, stuff. edgy. Well, yeah. I think in the wake in the wake of Disney's battle with Florida over the over the uh, the uh, the parental rights bill that they had, and <laughs> excuse me, all of the all of the teachers <laughs> coming on teach. All, all, all the teachers coming on on TikTok saying, well, we, we want to do this, and we want to do this, and we want to do this. And, and the parents are now sitting there going, you want to do what with my kids? Have you been watching the quartering shorts? <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I haven't seen all of those, no. But 
It, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Snob's right. Every ridiculous conspiracy theory eventually comes true if you wait long enough. I said the only difference between a conspiracy theory and reality is about three weeks. I mean, you yeah, just it give it like give it enough years. time. <laughs> yeah. So three I don't decades. know. It's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy times. Absolutely crazy yeah. times. So, Emma <clears throat> uh, says they're not being edgy. It's calculated to expose people to shocking ideas and finally make ignore that. See, I think I think that's probably the 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 closest, most accurate analysis that anybody has had. I do think that a lot of this, not just the Balenciaga stuff, but everything that we're seeing, to the extreme that we're seeing it, is an attempt to normalize the lesser degree of the thing. Oh no, it's not really that bad. Nor. This is normal. This, yes, this is extreme, but this is normal. And you basically, you kind of push until people start pushing back, and then you dial it back a little bit and say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant this. And then this right. is okay, but that's not okay, and this is okay. But then we push a little bit further and a little bit further, and things that weren't okay now are okay because we're pushing it even farther out. And I think that's, what's, yeah. I think that's what a lot of this is. Yeah. Well, I mean, even things, you know, we got somebody else here. Yeah. <laughs> Sci-Fi Snob joining the chat. Welcome, sir. Hello. Hello. So, so what do you think Thank about you. all of this? Um, well, I would like to, you know, kind of pose a question. Science fiction is about looking into the future, and a lot of times, a lot of stories take various trends that are going on, and they take them to an extreme, right? Mm -hmm. What might, right. it might be like in a hundred, a thousand, whatever years. I mean... The trends that you have talked about and mentioned, you know, where would that go in the future? What is assuming that, you know, the conspiracies, I put that in air quotes that you guys have been talking about, mm -hmm. um, are true. I mean, what's the end game? What's what are we going to be like in 50, 100 years? Uh, I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> we may all be dead. It's not just and, about you. I mean, no. oh. <laughs> what will us, the world? I mean, I use the royal us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't even know if I want to know. It, it's changed just that much in, I mean, my lifetime. You know. Yeah. And and I'm sure the people at the turn of you know, the the 19th, 20th century said stuff that was similar, but. Uh, I, I have to wonder because you know the Twitter Twitter being an example of this as things become publicly uh, you know as as the normies start to become aware of the shenanigans that have been going on behind the scenes I mean a lot of us we've sat there and said well we knew all this stuff but I think that that Elon and, and that team are bringing out things in a process of discovery so that regular, normal, everyday people who haven't been paying attention to this stuff now start to realize just how bad it's gotten so that, yes, we can get the pendulum swinging back a little bit more towards center. It doesn't have to go all the way to the all right, the you know, the moral majority type of thing. But if we swing more closer to center that where where things are, you know, not great, but not edge of the cliff. We're about to we're about to fall off disaster, like the progressives are are, are leading us. Then I think you know a little bit of balance is possible, 
but it's going to be painful to get there, you know, because the economy and the economy being the way it is, energy, energy being the way, you know, the situation there. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but I don't think we're going to get all the way to Hunger Games type of things. Yeah. But I mean, what what you described, Jason, is is I mean, it's the way that things have been going for the last hundred, hundred, two hundred years. Yeah. Right. The 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 left wing or progressive pushes towards a a more progressive, and they push very far, and then the right wing or conservative reacts, and things and pushes back, but it doesn't move back to where it was. Right. It moves back, but it's still towards the left, right? There's a new normal that is set. Yeah, everything right? kind of tends so, to overcorrect and swing. Yeah. It doesn't and, always and fall so the yeah. Your point is is you know, I, I think it's correct. But what happens is that that point that normal always gets moved to the left and eventually it's going to be you know, it, it's just it's just a slower journey, right? It's the two steps forward, one step back. It's going to take you longer to get there, but you will get there. So, you know, well, I mean, it's, it's great if you're, you're going to die soon. It's fine because yeah. you don't care how far you, <laughs> well, you don't want it to go too far. Right. Ultimately, but though, it will I'd, be I'm going to push back on you just at some point. I'm going to push back in a little bit. And I don't think that. The United, it, I mean, from from a from a standpoint of the United States versus all of these other countries, the United States has always been center right, pre- predominantly a conservative country. You have pockets of progressive liberals, Marxist, Maoist, you know, Los Angeles, Houston, Dallas, St. Louis, major cities, yeah, you know, ma- the major I, I urban urban cities, yeah, urban but, centers. You're you're going to have you've got a lot of people that are leaving those places because they're seeing what those policies are doing. They're collapsing. The, I mean, you look at Chicago, look at Detroit. No. I mean, Detroit looks like a third world country where you have people that are going to say, OK, I'm done. I'm moving to Florida. I'm moving to Texas. We've got a lot of that happening so much so that that California has lost representation because their population is down. I think that when the when the pendulum shifts and it swings back to center, it might overcorrect a little bit to the right, but when it does swing back toward the left, it's not going to go as far. I think I think we're eventually going to be Bringing closer to center center than we ever have been before because people now see the left, people people see the the progressives for the crazy lunatics that they are and we sit there and say you're not ta- you're not touching my kid. You're not going to have anything to do with the decisions that need to be made for my life. Y'all y'all sit over there in the corner, let California fall into the ocean and we'll be perfectly fine without you. Thank you very much. I right. think that's eventually that's where we're going to get. I I Maybe. disagree. I think that I mean, look at go back, let's say to the 1950s and the 1960s. Our society now would be, you know, none of them would believe that this would ever exist. They'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. they'd be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, um, and and most of the people in America would be um, shocked to go back to that. Let's say you set reset the clock immediately, and we went back to the 1950s. Yeah. Most people in America, I don't think, would be happy with that. There would be a core group that would be. But most people wouldn't. It's always, if you look back historically, it's always moving towards the left. 
And I don't think you're going to get you're going to get your two steps forward, one step back. You're going to get your pushback, but you're not you're never going to get an equilibrium. There are always people who are going to be pushing. Well, a one, part of one that direction part of and that, it, though, part of it is the problem between the left and the right. The re- right generally wants to be left alone. Exactly. And the left right. wants to push their ideas on someone else. So yeah. they'll yeah. always push. But I think and the but right I will think be like, hey, now, leave me alone until it gets really bad. Right. And, and I think now I think now the people who want to be left alone are just at the point we're on the cusp where the people who want to be left alone are going to want to be left alone rather forcefully and you're going to get you know the right the conservatives the people who generally sit there and go I don't I just I just just stop <coughs> they're going to come in and they're going to say no I mean stop and they're going to and they're going to get a little bit more vigilant about it let's say a little bit more no, no society, no civilization about has it. ever been, has ever been in a state of, you know, it, they they don't survive in a in a stasis the same. Right, and and I'm not time. saying They're we're going to get moving. on equilibrium forever. You might it, get that for ten or twenty years, but yeah. it's going to keep moving. So, I mean, you know, the only way I see that the resets only happen if a civilization collapses. Right, yep. it goes. This is how I see civilization moving. It moves. To some, you know, take Rome. It moves to some, you know, unsustainable um, portion, portion where it, it can't sustain itself. It collapses, and then something new has to take over. Yeah. That's the only way you get the reset. Is you know, these people say, "Hey, wow, this was really horrible. This society collapsed. We survived. Well, you know, we had to go through 500 years of a dark age, or whatever it is." And then they reset up a society, and it starts again at a the beginning where you know strong morals strong family values and then slowly again slides towards the degeneracy the the breakdown you're saying a reset when it resets back to the you know every bringing everything back starts anew and it just it's it's like pulling pulling everything all the way back up to the top of the hill and then letting it slowly roll back down again towards towards the progressive I, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not I mean, it's not, uh, you know, progressives, you know, kind of embody some of this, but it's more of the, uh, you know, you've heard the uh, the, the strong man create, um, right, you know, good times. You've good heard time. that, that. Yeah. Strong man create person. good times. Good times create weak right. men. Weak men create bad times. Yeah. <clears throat> hard times. And so it's so so it's always that. And then we go back. The hard times bring us back to our. You know our biological um, imperatives, where you know we have to operate in a certain way. We don't we don't have the you know because you're surviving. You go back to your biological imperatives. You have to act that way to survive. Otherwise, you don't. And then, as we get more and more civilized, more you know technology, whatever, then we can start to ignore our you know our biological uh, um, survival mechanisms. And that's when our society starts to slide. And then we just return. Get, getting back to uh, your original uh, question, uh, sci-fi snob, about where we might see each other or where we might see e- uh, everyone in like, you know, 100 or 500 years. Um, I'm thinking right now, um, this decade is actually the first that we're seeing the effects of the um, – yeah, we're seeing the effects of the the technological revolution, 
mm -hmm. um, because things have been really, really set in place now. Um, and we've had like a whole generation that's kind of, you know, grown up with, with uh, you know, chats and, the, you know, video calls and that sort of thing. Um, and we have a generation um, that was not exposed to that. I'm, I'm part of Generation X, so I'm like on the cusp of both, you know, things where it was like analog and, you know, digital. digital. Mm -hmm. um, and so I believe that in 100 to 500 years, uh, of course, there will be no memory of anything other than like a digital. And that, sure, there will be some people that are into analog as there are now um and that but that would be just like a very few people that would be you know into just um the you know the antiquity of it you know like the the people, who, correct, processes of it. people who collect vinyl records as well. and that it, it, well uh yeah i I'm, you can get vinyl records at Walmart again. It's crazy. Buy physical media, folks. Buy physical media. I, there you go. I got Montango right here. I, I think mushroom people. <laughs> I, I think you make. I mean, you make. I would agree. Uh, you make a good point, and this is the new generation that is going. Which I, I would say, you know, most. You know, I can't strictly digital. I'll say that in a. Would you agree with that? That's strictly digital. Um, I just. I don't think that you know based on the rate that we're going, I don't think we can survive, um, you know, civilization as uh, Western civilization is embodied by the United States can survive the end of this century based on the rate it's going, unless there's a, you know, a huge, uh, a huge correction, yeah. which Jason seems to think that there might be. Well, um, see, I and, think and the, the correction reason, will be will a collapse. The reason the, I think know, before the end of the century. Yeah. The reason I think that there's going to be a correction is because our government is set up to, in a way that it makes a correction possible from us from from the standpoint of it doesn't necessarily have to lead to armed revolution and civil war like with most other countries. We have mechanisms that are set in place because of, of the way the Constitution is written that allow for that those corrective measures. I mean, there's already a number of different people in on the Republican side of things are saying, okay, well, if mail-in ballots are are what's here, then we've got to make it work for us. We, you know, there are people who are sitting there saying we have to adapt, we have to, uh, you know, we have to change our our ground game in order to not necessarily game the system, but work within the processes in order to get to a position where we can change the process. And our our system of government allows for that a whole lot more than other systems of government. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, up in up in uh, Canada, you know, in Alberta, they're sitting there basically reasserting states' rights with this new thing mm -hmm. that they've got. They're saying, you know what, we're a we're a a a, a group of autonomous states here. And we're going to reaffirm that there are certain things that we do that the federal government of Canada has no business telling us what we're going to do. And I think you're going to start seeing some of that as well from other places. And this this correction is not going to be just in the United States. It's going to be people that are going to be pushing back against this totalitarian New World Order thing. And that's, uh, to right. me, that's a good thing. What do you, what do you think about yeah, I, greater Idaho? Thing? I, do you think that'll 
come it's, to fruition in the next 50 years? I don't know. I mean, Idaho would probably be okay with it. I don't think Oregon will be, and the Oregon state legislature has to has to approve it. So, I don't I don't think that's going to go anywhere other than a symbolic thing right now. Yeah. So I, I have to comment on your 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 points, Jason. Um, I mean, I think uh, I, I you know I agree to some extent about you know what you're talking about I, I mean the united states does have the most free and you know best able to correct government uh in the world now that said you did have a civil war so uh you know there is that aspect of it i'll comment on the the canadian and the alberta point because i i, I know a fair bit you know i know that i can I, speak I from here. that <laughs> i, I yeah. can speak to that so yeah. The, um, you know, states' rights don't really exist in the same sense in Canada as it right. does. You are a federation of, I mean, you know, each of your states, which anyone else like we would call provinces or regions or whatever, is called a state, which is very unusual, implying that it has, you know, the right of a state, a sovereign state. And, you know, uh, each state in the United States doesn't have those rights in certain areas, but in other areas they do. Like, for example, you know, having your own military. That would never happen in any other country where a, a subgroup would have its own military, a, you know, a, a state guard. And that doesn't happen in Canada, of course. Yeah. Um, now, your, your, um, your point is correct, and there's pushback, but it's, it's not really states' rights. It's, you know, because it's not in the same vein as, as, as strong as American ones. Now, the thing with Canada is that our um our uh, the de- de- the delineation of powers is very it's it's very black and white it's it's set up there very black and white so um but for you know the past 50 years the federal government in Canada has always tried to um you know dig its nose into the provincial rights and I'll give an example the, the two main ones that everyone knows about and everyone talks about and the biggest budget items are education and Healthcare; those are strictly given to the provinces, very, very strictly. The federal government is not supposed to, you know, stick its nose in. But the federal government is always sticking its nose in and saying, um, "I'll give you a small example." In the year 2000, there was the, you know, the millennium, and the federal government had this millennial um, uh, scholarship program where they gave money to kids to go to college, and that was a federal program. And they're not supposed to do anything with education or healthcare, but they're constantly saying, "Hey, you want money for education and healthcare? We'll give you this money if you do this." Yeah, and it's not—you know—it's very strict. They're not supposed power, to be sticking their nose in. So, power of the power of the purse strings. I mean, really? yeah, the power of the purse, exactly. And because the federal government collects all this money, and instead of spending it in areas like the military where they're supposed to spend it on, they would rather you spend it to try to buy votes by, you know, giving provinces more money because you know when you talk about education or and especially healthcare, there is never enough money right right never so uh um so they they and they dangle it out and they they put requirements on it whatever requirements they want to put on so that uh the pushback by the premier um smith in this alberta sovereignty act is basically reaffirming you know this is our area um, right. uh, I should I should mention in Alberta I, I should have mentioned before resource uh, pro- resources are also a provincial thing right so you know if you want to extract oil or gas you want to mine whatever that's 
uh, strictly the provinces thing. So, of course, Alberta gets upset because there's a lot of oil and gas and the, the federal government is constantly saying, well, you're going to have to pay a carbon tax. You can't take out much gas because you're wrecking the environment and you're going to ruin the climate change and it's a global issue, all that stuff. So that's that's where a lot of the pushback comes back from in, in the Alberta's case. But um, yeah, so this is that act sort of reaffirms that. So, I mean, you're, you're correct. We're not quite as provinces are not quite as free and as a state is in the United States, but again, you know, there is no um, subgroup of a country that is as free as a state is in the United States. So yeah. that's kind of not surprising. We're it's, a confederation versus why you guys are a federation. It's nice to uh, I mean, it's we, nice we to we live in the United States. States. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We, uh, sci-fi, uh, sci-fi, Sam. If if I could uh, recommend a uh, a graphic novel series to you. Um, I, I don't know if you've uh, heard of this or not, but um, it's by Brian Wood and illustrated by Becky Cloonan. Uh, it's called DMZ, um, and it, is, it came out on Vertigo, and you can collect the, uh, the paperbacks. Um, and the premise is America has had a civil war, and the country has been divided up. And um, the island of Manhattan has become a... Uh, designated as a demilitarized zone, and um, it has been cut off from the rest of America. And um, an investigative journalist uh, has been dropped in to the DMZ to um, do like kind of freelance, sort of like vice news um, stories about what's going on in the DMZ as opposed to what's going on in the uh, free states of America. That sort of thing. There's uh, about four different volumes that are available on, in trade paperback. Uh, it's a really, really good read that kind of leans into what you were talking about as far as like a American reset, that sort of thing. And in point yeah, of fact, uh, real quick, so the, like that one's being adapted. Thing? Yeah, kind, kind of, but um, uh, they're doing an adaptation of it. Uh, HBO Max, at least at the, at one point they were they were talking about it. It was going to be Rosario Dawson, uh, in yeah. The, in they actually have I don't one know if season of that on on HBO Max, but the um, I recommend the the graphic novels. The season is good, um, but the graphic novels lean a little bit more into the the whole free state concept and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Brian Wood and, and Becky Cloonan. Um, the uh, the demilitarized zone is not necessarily like um, Escape of New York or from New York, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I get it when you said it. <laughs> and that, but it's uh, <laughs> there we go. Well, and, and that, I just um, I just finished a book here. This is uh, we talked to we talked to Serena Strauss on Monday. This is her new book, Reinception, and this one kind of projects forward, like we've been talking about fifty years, hundred years into the future, and this book also has. Uh, a civil war in the United States uh, coming up in the next 40 or 50 years. And it's along the lines where we're starting to, where we're seeing division now uh, between red and blue, conservative, liberal, you know, well, not conservative, liberal, pro conservative, progressive, you know, right. that, that sort of thing. So, you know, like I said, it, it's it's possible that it's going to get worse. I don't know that we'll get to the point where we start shooting at each other. I hope we don't. Um, I know a lot of people are blackpilled at this point that said that that's inevitable. 
some kind of national divorce or whatnot, but I don't think it's going to get that bad yet. So I don't know. Okay. I, that's, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, as you were talking, I'm just looking at this DMZ. It looks, looks pretty interesting. So I got to give you the, um, I mean, not quite the Canadian version, but the uh, the reverse sort of. It's called uh, We Stand on Guard. I read the first one. I haven't followed it since then. But it's uh, an American invasion of Canada. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. It's set, uh, I don't know, 100 years in the future or something like that. And it's uh, lots of snow and stuff. And, um, lots of stuff. It's, it's no, kind over of, resources? Uh, yeah, yeah it's it's giant mechanical, uh, you know, machines like a hundred feet tall and that kind of stuff. It's uh, oh, wow. it's a little crazy because there's you know there's no Canada's too big. There's no way you could, no one can, you know, it's it's akin to trying to take Russia. Like it's just oh wow, it, it, it's, it's uh, sounds a little bit like this uh, tabletop game that just came out called Scythe, um, which is sort of like a, a farm. Yeah, yeah building game except it's got a big uh steampunk kind of robomex yeah so that's what we stand on guard's got a little bit of that too uh but uh, it's i i'm you know i i read like i said the first i think it's the first book i don't think it's very grounded in reality simply because you know mm -hmm. kind of just yeah. so big and there's just so much of nothing there it's pretty hard to you know control it would be hard to control it but it's uh you know kind of might be if we're talking about uh, that sort of thing it might be interesting all right, gentlemen, Something i got to cut it off there. Like... We are over an hour, and I've got to be at Topeka this afternoon for work. So oh, we're going we're to stop there. Thanks very much, guys, for being here. Sci-Fi Snob, Death Angel Shadow, Christopher Hoffman. Thanks to all of you in the chat for being here. Don't forget, tomorrow we have our evening edition. Uh, we're doing Good Evening Multiverse, not Good Morning Multiverse. Uh, so check that out. And of course, uh, all of the different uh, social media platforms where you can find us. So uh, connect with us over there, and we will do this all again next week. And I uh, just want to say uh, we've got some stuff, some plans and schemes. Number 500 is coming on December 30th, so join us for that. We're going to have some announcements. We're going to have some things going on there. going to be a big show, really big show. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, everybody. Remember, there are four... Lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.